0: Good morning. It is time to get up with the clock ticking. We'll tell you why the Jets can't wait much longer if they're gonna land the quarterback of their dreams. Meanwhile, lamenting Lamar, we will explicit the inexplicable, about the craziest quarterback story of all time. And then, is there a silver lining in the dark cloud that blocked out his son? Why the Durant delay could change everything in the wild, wild west. We are back in better than ever, ready for Friday. You all right? You all right? Are we okay? Are you all right? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired oh, I mean, I'm, I'm tired. Bro. I'm just holding it no. together as best I can. Oh. For crying out. Aaron, do something. I can't <laughs> live like this anymore. Uh, we have the very latest. Jeremy Fowler's got the very latest on that. We, have, we will get you there, I promise, in a moment. But... We have to start with what I think is very big news from the NBA, where we learn. oh, we've got Brian Wittenhorst and Harry Douglas ready to come. Sorry, I'm distracting myself. Uh, But from the news from the NBA, is this we learned yesterday that Kevin Durant's left ankle sprain that he suffered here. Again, watch that left ankle. This is in pregame warm ups the other night before his home debut. The Suns say it will be reevaluated in three weeks. To be clear, that doesn't mean he'll be playing in three weeks. It means it'll be reevaluated in three weeks. And they are currently sitting, as Wendy jumps in here for a moment, and we'll do much more basketball as the morning goes on. But that Western Conference is so jammed up, the Suns could wind up anywhere from the two seed to the play in. So, how significant should fans feel like this injury to Kevin Durant is right this minute?
1: Yeah, Greedy, you would think uh, with everything you just said in this crazy turn of events that this would be a huge blow, but in being around the Suns, I think they see it as a setback, but I don't. F- they don't feel like it's going to slow them down. And why? Because they believe that Durant will be able to be okay before the playoffs. They know that he recovers from injuries well, and he f- seamlessly fit in to the, the way they were playing. And, yes, the standings are totally bunched, except for two teams, Denver at the top, and Phoenix right there in the middle. they got a three-game spot behind them to keep home court in the first round, and they're still eyeing getting into the two or three seed. Devin Booker is as hot as he's ever been in his career, averaging 38 points on 60% shooting the last four games. So this is a setback, but I don't think the Suns are dealing. seeing this as a major blow. They'll get past it and keep going.
0: Okay, so let's leave that there. I will bring Kendrick Perkins in a little later in this hour. Ton of basketball to get to. Fascinating night last night for Golden State. And Wendy will be with us all morning long. So we'll do that. Meanwhile, we get to the top story of the day. And that, of course, remains the uncertain future of Aaron Rodgers, who continues to mull over the possibility of a future with the New York Jets. Now, Adam Schefter joined the growing list of people who were making me crazy yesterday uh, as he trolled. It felt to me like he was just trolling me. But I'm sure many other fans felt that way as well. As he tweeted yesterday, I'm sure you saw this. And the Jets just agreed to a trade. And my heart stopped beating. And then, of course, it turns out it was this comparatively minor deal uh, with Baltimore. And and okay, Rodgers remains, as of this moment, a member of the Green Bay Packers, as he has been since they drafted him. All those years ago. So let me, we got Harry here. We got uh, we got uh, Dean Wood here. And Jeremy Fowler, I will start with you. W- where do we stand as of right now?
2: Okay, I just checked with some people. I'm told it is quiet at the moment. We believe that there is a bit of a holding pattern right now. But the people I've talked to also believe that there's mutual interest here, that the meetings went well enough that both sides are open to potentially partnering up. But it's a delicate situation between, between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We're talking 15 years together There's a lot to sort out. So the sense right now is that the Jets are being patient and they're waiting. They remain optimistic. But here's the key thing is that I've scoured the earth for another team involved in this deal. I can't find one. Raiders, Panthers, whoever. There's really nobody else. It appears right now that this is Jets or bust. Jets or perhaps
0: retirement feel like the two options on the table, not even certain that going back to Green Bay is on that list of options for Rodgers now. And something that I think is Worth noting, perhaps we should have seen this coming. Why is this a one-horse race? Why is Rodgers so interested in coming to the Jets? Maybe we should have seen it coming. Remember early this year when the Jets went to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in a very impressive performance. This was really the coming-out party of the young Jet stars, and that defense was all over Aaron Rodgers all day long, dominating the game as the Jets would win it 27-10 at Lambeau Field. Well, on this flashback Friday, a reminder of what Rodgers said to McAfee that week.
2: The difference between winning and losing is so minutely thin um you know a team like the jets who you know have always been the jets or whatever that's kind of the the moniker around them that's not the same old jets you know this is a good football team they're very well coached they got good players so maybe harry
0: douglas we should have seen this coming then so the question becomes if rogers wants the jets Tell me how it makes sense. What do they become? If the Jets get Aaron Rodgers in a trade sometime today or tomorrow or, God help us, it it takes longer than that, uh, what exactly do Rodgers and the Jets become in that AFC?
3: I think they've become a, a contender, but, Grinny, I'll say this. You've got to crawl before you walk, and the Jets haven't made the playoffs in a very, very long time. So I think if the Jets are able to acquire Aaron Rodgers, I think the first focus needs to be on winning the division, right, winning that division in the AFC East and being able to get to the playoffs to compete and be able to contend for a Super Bowl at that point. But you can't you can't, you can't crawl before you walk.
0: you got to be able to crawl first. How do you feel about it all, D Wood? we will work on Harry's. <coughs> pardon me, Harry's audio in just a moment. Uh, D Wood, uh, again, I, you still make your home in New Jersey. This mm-hmm. is still—it's personal to you. You finish your career with several really good years yeah. with the Jets. How are we feeling right now?
4: I mean, I feel optimistic. I mean, like like Jeremy talked about, it's basically Jets retirement or that or that's it. That, those are the only options. And when I look at possibly Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, it just makes a ton of sense. You listen. You always talk about when a player comes over, especially the player, the caliber, Aaron Rodgers, what would the transition be like? Well, guess what? It's for my office coordinators here. You don't have to worry about different, you know, language or different offense. He's literally going to run the same offense that you've been running in Green Bay all this time. He's going to be surrounded by a top defense, a bunch of, young, you know, highly skilled young players. You know, offensive rookie here, Garrett Wilson, Grease Hall,
0: like, There's a lot to be excited about if Aaron Rodgers comes over to the Jets. Well, look, the comparison that feels obvious, and every now and again I'll just look over at Jeremy, my insider extraordinaire, and say, anything? Nothing? Okay, (laughs) so then we come back over here. Uh, And that is the last, not two of the last three years, not this past season, of course. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl last month. But. In in each of the prior two seasons, you saw established star quarterbacks Mm -hmm. go to new situations that were tailor-made that were perhaps a quarterback away from something special. And Tom Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa, and Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl with the Rams. Does this feel like that to you? Is is this a situation that is on that level in your mind?
4: I, I do. I do feel that way because anyone who watches Jets, not closely watched the Jets as well as you do, Greeny, the one position that everyone could see was holding the Jets back was the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, listen, their defense, top four in the league. They got all these young, really talented offensive skill positions. They just went like three or four games without scoring a touchdown. Yes. <laughs> like at the, end the, at the end of the season, like, and they were yeah. still in these games. So that's the one piece of the puzzle that's been missing. You get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who I feel like is closer to the MVP level than, you know, what happened last year. You get that guy, the MVP level, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of the probably one of the top two or three teams in the AFC.
2: Yeah, and the important thing here is that the Packers and the Jets have been talking for a while now. So they've been hashing out how to handle this money, the contract, the $58 million, how they're going to compensate with draft picks. So. They're down the road on this, and it's believed that the framework is pretty much all set. Now, they got to work out some particulars for sure, but they're in a good place if it's ready to go. And Roger signs off on everything that they can make this happen probably pretty quickly, hopefully before free agency on Monday. <laughs> I, hopefully before we get off the air today, because I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to make it. I can't. I, there's no
0: way I'm making it through the weekend. <laughs> it's worth reminding everyone. So This is Selection Sunday this weekend, right? Yeah. NCAA tournament, all that. That's the day Tom Brady announced he was coming back a year mm-hmm. ago because he wanted to make sure his team and everyone was prepared as they went into legal tampering on that yeah. Monday. So that's really the time. Like, it, it, there are no deadlines, but there is. The, 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 to me, there is a deadline in this, and that deadline is Monday. When that league is at noon or 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday? Uh, I think noon. it's noon. Yeah. Noon Monday, this thing has got to be done. Otherwise... Teams are operating in in, a, in an open market where they don't know what they're operating with and from, and that you can't do things that way, right? Absolutely. We have to know by then.
4: Absolutely. I mean, if you're the judge, you want to know. Okay, yeah, we have a quarterback that's on, that that we've traded for Aaron Rodgers. Now that dictates what other moves that you're going to, you know, you're going to have to make. So I think that Monday by noon, this thing should be wrapped up one way or the other.
0: Tick. Tick, ticking on the clock. We have more on this as we go, but I want to show everybody. So this is an indication for those of you who aren't on Twitter or don't follow. The Jets on Twitter have been all over this, including Sauce Gardner trying to manifest it. Take a look and a listen.
5: it's gone, man. It's gone, bruh. Gone, man. Ain't nothing we can do. it. Look at the cheese. This, it's melting. It's turning the cheese sauce, bruh. Look. It's turning the cheese sauce, though. It's the cheese sauce. Hey, All right, man. Let's make this happen, man. This is me talking now. I ain't playing no games no more. I'm not playing no more, A-Rod. I was playing at first. I'm not playing no more. You see it in my face. I need you to lock in. I need you to come here so we can win the Super Bowl. Like, don't even play no more.
0: So, so so for those who don't know, when the Jets, that game that we talked about a minute ago yeah. when they beat Aaron and the Packers in Green Bay, Sauce Gardner wore a cheese head on the right. field in the celebration. He just set fire to it
6: one?
2: As, as sort one? of penance or whatever it is. And you have the like the sheer talent they got right there. Guys like Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, they are ready. They're ready. If that doesn't do it, what
0: possibly could? Aaron, they're burning <laughs> cheese in New Jersey. Please, mm, for the love of Casey's. all things holy, we need this to happen. All right. We're just going to getting started on this Friday what could more be going on as we continue still no resolution for Lamar Jackson's contract dispute with the Ravens is it time for a change of tactics we'll explain then a day after Fred Van Vliet's explosive rant against an official the NBA hands down punishment and we are all stunned by it you'll hear why as we continue let's get up on ESPN Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com/giftfinder today. That's macy's.com/giftfinder. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Get Up is brought to you by the Oscars on ABC, Sunday, March 12th, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. D. Wood, every single week we seem to change the name of your segment. This is knock on wood, damn it! You're not going to jump on my segment. Taking them to the woodshed. How is that possible? This week it's going to be called Firewood. Your soul is mine. This week it is the woodpile. That should never, ever happen. Perfect distillation of how stupid TV
4: is, and I love it.
0: All right, we, are, we have circled back to Firewood, and my compliments to whoever put together the graphic today that is uh D-Wood is a lumberjack? I, I don't, is that what that is? I look warm. Yeah, you, you do look warm. I, I look warm. Yeah, as we work our way through the winter here yes. in New York. Okay, D-Wood, what are you fired up about today?
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm fired up about Lamar Jackson and all the chatter and all the noise surrounding Lamar Jackson. You know, we've everyone's talking about, oh, be patient as, as it relates to Lamar Jackson because we still haven't hit the quote-unquote free entry period. But th- what I'm fired up about, Greedy, is the fact that when the, the whole exclusive, non-exclusive tag news came out, all of a sudden all these quarterback needed teams all of a sudden said we're not interested You mean to tell me the Atlanta Falcons, you know, couldn't use Lamar Jackson, the same Atlanta Falcons team that was in on Deshaun Watson? How about the Carolina Panthers? How about the Washington Commanders? Hello, Washington Commanders. This will give you an opportunity to be relevant, okay, in the NFC. So all of these teams that came out and said literally minutes after Sheffield and everyone else broke the news about the non-exclusive tag that they're not interested It just blew my mind. Like, how in the hell are you not interested in a 26-year-old, former unanimous MVP in the
0: National Football League? Those guys don't become available. They don't grow on trees. No, you're 100% right, because it would be very easy for the same people who wanted to make sure everyone knew they weren't interested to say nothing. You can just say nothing. Exactly. You don't have to say
4: anything. And the fact that – you did not even speak to Lamar Jackson. You right. don't even know exactly what
0: he wants to say. To come out and say, oh, we're not interested. It's just its ridiculous. To it me. also doesn't mean they were telling the truth. And that's fine. The mm. point is, the words spoke volumes about the message that they were sending right. to Lamar Jackson. And everyone, I think, about guaranteed contracts. Now, speaking of words, Lamar does not share many of them with the public. But every now and again, you get something from him on Twitter. So yesterday, Hard Rock Sportsbook tweeted out... A Uh, a stat putting Lamar Jackson, in exclusive quarterback company, saying at the end, Lamar isn't a running QB. He's a great QB who can run. And Lamar Jackson himself saw this and retweeted, adding simply great company, talking about the names that he is alongside. So he's paying attention to what's going on and what is being said for sure. Again, Harry's with us, but I start with you again. uh, What do we know right this minute about the market that might be there next week for Lamar Jackson
2: well people I've talked to believe the teams are going to slow play this I wouldn't expect an offer sheet from a team here in the short term that teams want to get through free agency handle all that they might even get through the draft there's no hard timeline that says a team has to put in an offer right now but I'm told from Lamar Jackson's side that he has and has remained holding great resolve in this situation where he wants what he wants right it's been a fully guaranteed deal I don't think he's going to break now, so he's going to wait. He might wait a long time to even sign this franchise tag tender, see how things play out. But because of all the dynamics involved, I've talked to a few teams who wonder if anybody's going to put in an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson just because of all that's involved, the multiple first-round picks, the money changing the whole offense like they think that they should certainly because of the caliber of the player but there's not a hard and fast team right now that we know of that's going to go all in and look if we once you get through
0: free agency and the draft then most of the quarterback needy teams one would assume will have addressed their quarterback needs one way or another now maybe there's a team that doesn't figure out a way to do it in that period of time and they jump all in on someone like Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. but he Could be left sort of in a precarious place. Harry Douglas, again, you played a long time. You've seen a lot of situations. What do you make of what is happening here?
3: Well, I'll say for me, Greeny, it was head-scratching because as soon as the Super Bowl was over, a lot of sports shows or more sports shows, all they were talking about is how, you know, the quarterback market has a deficiency. And so many quarterback teams needed a quarterback, uh, so many of these NFL teams needed a quarterback, but it's not many quarterbacks to go around. And all of a sudden for these teams to say they're not interested was very, very head-scratching to me. And I agree with you, D-Wood. Uh, why not at least talk to him and see what ballpark he's in and what he's thinking and what's his mindset and then make your decision. The flip side side to it, though, I do believe that a lot of these teams are giving us smoke and mirrors, and at some point they will be in on Lamar Jackson.
0: That's possible. I'm just thinking through the names of all of the quarterbacks who either have changed places or signed contracts already in this, uh, during this cycle, and all those who will. So I mean, just right off the top of my head, Derek Carr and Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett and uh, perhaps Ryan Tannehill. All these guys are going to find new teams. All these guys are going to get deals. And not one of them, the only one who was going to go from one place to another this offseason who you can see being on sort of a similar plateau to Lamar Jackson in the scheme of things, is Aaron Rodgers. That, that's the only one. Outside of that, all these guys are going to find homes and Lamar Jackson is not it, it there's no question as Harry said it makes you scratch your head
4: a- absolutely and, and you know like I said is there's so many cube, uh, so many teams that need a quarterback it's not it's not often where you just have a situation like this again a 26 year old former unanimous MVP is there I'm not saying like you can put the offer together Baltimore might match it but at least like
0: talk to the man, put an offer together. I, I, it's just head-scratching. So me. listen, let me, Harry Douglas, let me throw a quick thought at you. Yesterday, sitting right here, Herman Edwards was sitting here, and he said, and, and this was the context of the conversation, he said if he had his career to do over again, he would have just signed a series of short-term deals and bet on himself every time and counted on the market going up and all of that. He played in a completely different era. Yeah. One could look at the Lamar Jackson situation and say that his best course of action is play on the franchise mm-hmm. tag. That's $32 million guaranteed this year. Play on again and the following year that'll be 40 something million guaranteed that's 70 something million dollars guaranteed over the next two seasons and then become an unrestricted free agent and you do whatever you want to do does that the short-term nature of this herman brought it up yesterday how does it sound to you harry
3: well, he just did the short-term this past season, right, when he bet on himself, and we've seen what happened. I, I, I'm, I'm upset at Lamar Jackson for going out there on the football field and and, and chanting it that way, knowing that what was on the line. But I, I just don't see a guy like Lamar Jackson who's worked up to this point to get to this position taking a short-term deal. You want that financial stability. You want that long-term deal to the point that where you're secured. Let's just happen to say, hey, you have an amazing one year, but then in year two you get hurt again. That's why if from Lamar our perspective, you, you probably want a long-term
0: deal. Understood. But I guess what we're talking about here is the possibility that if this deal that he wants isn't out there for him, does he play on that? Does he go the Kirk Cousins route or not? That's a decision he might wind up having to make. He might. I,
4: I, I I question if he'll play on. It. I don't think Lamar Jackson will play on a franchise tag. Yeah. I, I just don't. I just. No. I, don't, I think Lamar Jackson's so dug in. I, I don't see him saying, oh, well, I'm going to sign the tag and i want to play on it. Quick Ooh, final so order. Do you
2: think he would just sit and miss the year potentially? Uh, if uh, he doesn't sign the guess, tag, they can't find him or anything like that. Right. He would have to sign it. Now, if you're a quarterback, you can get away with that. Le'Veon Bell tried that as a running back, didn't work. Now, the Ravens are trying. Like, they've tried different ways to sign Lamar Jackson they're trying to put together the right amount of guarantees that he would accept but there's just been this big gulf and so that tells me that he's not going to accept anything less than what he wants which might have to force him to play under the tech. I just don't know if a team's going to be able to meet all those needs, at least in the short term. We'll so see what happens after the draft.
0: Where we are is in a little bit of a holding pattern with the two big quarterbacks and the big NFL stories. Much more on those as we go. Meanwhile, the chase for history continues. The Boston Bruins, the best player in the sport by far, against the best player in the sport, taking on Connor McDavid and company last night. Bruins had won ten straight. Final seconds of the first. Bruins up one nothing. Watch the clock in the upper left-hand corner of your screen. We'll show it to you again. David Pasternak's goal crosses the line with 0.3 seconds remaining, and the Bruins extend their lead to 2-0. But the Oilers are coming back early third. It's a 2-1 game, and it's Devon Shore centering, and it's Ryan McLeod tucking it in through traffic. Oilers tie it at 2, and then here's where it's decided. Five minutes to play. Darnell Nurse! Oh, Doctor, he buries it in the Oilers. Win it by a score of 3-2. The Bruins will have to wait another night to clinch a playoff berth, and the winning streak is over. Despite the rare home loss, just their third in 32 games, the Bruins remain on pace to break the NHL's single-season win and points record. After a home game tomorrow against the Red Wings, Boston will embark on a five-game road trip. ABC Hockey Saturday doubleheader tomorrow starts 12:30 Eastern uh, with the pregame show. Then we'll see the Bruins chasing history hosting the Red Wings, followed by Flyers and Pens. Both games also available on ESPN+. Plus. As we roll on, the AFC is loaded with star quarterbacks. If Aaron Rodgers makes the jump, where does he rank among the elite? We'll answer that question next. It's Get Up on ESPN. Back on Get Up, Bottom of the Hour. For those of you who were just joining us, Aaron Rodgers and his possible departure from Green Bay, our overwhelming top story. How did we get here? It started at the 2020 draft when the Packers traded up in the first round to take Jordan Love despite an uncertain future with the team. Rodgers then won back-to-back MVPs. That took us to last offseason where the front office rewarded Rodgers with a new mega contract but the results did not show as the team missed the playoffs and Rodgers had by his standards a down year. So now with nearly $60 million owed to him this coming season, his future is once again uncertain. If he's not in Green Bay, the Jets have emerged as a front-runner, having met with Aaron this Week. Here's our own Keyshawn Johnson on what Rodgers would mean to New York.
4: I know for sure that Aaron Rodgers could play quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers probably would be the best quarterback in the division, surpassing Josh Allen, if he was to join the Jets. The Jets go to the playoffs, they win the division.
0: Hmm. So that one, that's a fascinating one. Uh, Historically speaking, there is no question Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. But at this moment, would you say if Aaron Rodgers becomes the quarterback of the Jets, they have the best quarterback in the division?
4: Yeah, I'm not disrespecting Josh Allen like that. Josh Allen is too good of a quarterback for me to come in and say, That Aaron Rodgers coming from a different organization, new coaches, new players, he will automatically leapfrog Josh Allen and what he's done with the Buffalo Bills. Now I think I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be one. I I could see him in the top four, top four quarterbacks. Well, there are only four
0: teams in the division. No, I'm talking
4: about the AFC as a conference. Oh, 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 the whole conference. Yeah, in the whole, in the whole. Top four in the conference. I could see him in the top four in the conference. Allen, Mahomes, Burrow. And then Rodgers? Yeah, I could see that. Okay. I could could, could see that happening. So that's four? Yeah, I could see that. I could see him in discussion in the top four. But to say to put him ahead of Josh Allen and what Josh Allen has done in Buffalo, I I, I can't go there right now. Harry Douglas, what do you think?
3: Now, I'm going to look at this in two separate ways. If we're just talking about right now, I do have Aaron Rodgers in my top four. If Aaron Rodgers can get back to 2020-2021 MVP Aaron Rodgers, there's only one quarterback in the AFC that I'm taking over him, and that's Patrick Mahomes. you got to remember, those two years combined together, he threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He just didn't wake up in 2022 and say, hey, you know what, I forgot how to play the quarterback position. we got to remember, he had that thumb injury. And for a lot of people who don't understand, the base of your hand, the base where you do everything with is your thumb. Aaron Rodgers never complained about it. He went out there and just played the the, the game of football. Now, I do believe that Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback, and if he can get back to that MVP-like caliber play, he's going to be the second-best quarterback in the AFC in my opinion.
0: So I will say this, I
2: like his version better than your version so far. Yeah. I
0: guess This is one vote for Harry over D. Wood. Jeremy Fowler, jump in here.
2: I got him fifth. You're not going to have Josh Allen disrespected. I'm not going to have Justin Herbert disrespected. I got him above Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to take off this year with Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator. Rodgers, 39. If he's talking about a 34-year-old Rodgers, I'd put him probably first.
0: All right, here's what I will say, that the, the – the, the, the minuscule differences that we're talking about here are fun fodder for conversation. In reality, they're not that important because what you either have in the AFC right now no. is you've got a dude or you don't, yep. right? I mean, there's a group of guys, and you, we can sit here and say, oh, is it, is it Mahomes or is it Burrow or is it this one? Is it, if you've got a guy that can go out there, let's put it this way, Aaron Rodgers doesn't walk onto the field, look over at Josh Allen and think, oh, that guy's better than me. Right, no. He doesn't. He doesn't think that about any of these guys, including Mahomes. And that right. maybe is more important than whether he is minuscule by, by minuscule difference better than this guy and worse than that one.
4: Here's where, here's where, here's where when you have a dude at quarterback, yeah. it permeates to the rest of the roster. Whole team. Because when I played with Tom Brady, I knew we weren't going to lose. Like, that's the feeling that, as a teammate, when you have that type of quarterback, you like, we're not losing. I don't care who's, who's, um, who's the quarterback on the, on the opposing team. We're going to win. So, that's the type of energy if Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets, that's the type of energy that's going to be
0: permeated to the rest of the roster. That's it. I think all of them feel that way. That's the point. The entire team, whether he is just slightly better than Josh Allen or slightly worse than Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. Those things don't matter. What do matter is that he walks on that field and his team walks on that field believing they have every chance to win because they've got the guy to do it.
4: Greeny, last year, there was... Just had three games where they didn't score a touchdown. Only three? Th- at the end of the year, I know it seemed it like, more. like a lot yeah. more than that. I'll <laughs> it tell seemed you like that. more. I mean, can you imagine being that demoralized where you can't even score a touchdown in the National Football League? I don't have to imagine it. I lived it. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what it feels
6: like.
0: I was a much younger man the last time a jet was in the end zone. Okay, so we are ready for this. Aaron Rodgers, any time now. Uh, we are waiting, and we will see. Again, that I'm clock ready. is ticking. Uh, by Monday, this thing has to be resolved, one way or the other In the meantime, they were looking for resolution of a dispute on the floor last night in Memphis. Warriors and Grizzlies, and it was Dylan Brooks on a mission against the Warriors after hearing the comments that Draymond Green had made on his podcast. And look at the night that Dylan Brooks put together. Watch him here playing D on Steph Curry, closing out, and then he's got plenty of trash to talk, staring him down afterwards later in the second. Grizzlies have a 15-point lead. Remember, they're playing without John Morant, and here's Brooks playing. And playing defense and turning it into offense and, and then he's turning to Draymond and he's saying turn that mic on and the two of them are going to get mixed up here and ultimately pried apart. It was the Grizzlies night and Dylan Brooks' night, fourth quarter Grizzlies looking to put it away. Watch first, he takes it to the hole strong and he gets it to go and then Steph Curry, Dylan Brooks is playing defense on him and Curry's going to step out of bounds and Brooks is fired up and Steph is not brooks gets his revenge the warriors continue to struggle on the road and the grizzlies get the win we keep bringing back this graphic because the trend has just continued all season long the warriors at home are great they're 20 games over 500 but the literal inverse happens they are 15 points worse per game on the road they're one of four teams in the league that haven't won 10 road games. The Pistons, the Rockets, and the Spurs. The three worst teams in the NBA are the others. So, as we bring Wendy back into the conversation, and we are delighted to have the big fella Kendrick Perkins with us this morning as well. Big Perk, I'll start with you. Can the Warriors just flip a switch? I mean, this, they're the defending champs. We sort of I feel like we just keep waiting and waiting. You know what a championship team takes. Can they flip a switch and become that again when the playoffs begin?
5: <laughs> Granny, yeah, they could. They could flip it. They could flip it on, and then they go realize the light bills wasn't play, paid because the lights ain't coming on this year. Ooh. And here's why: for the first time, for the first time, I could say that the Warriors don't have an identity. And that's crazy because we already know in the era with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond, they always had an identity, not offensively, but defensively. And when I see it, when I look at them, I see a disconnect. I don't know why, but they're not tied together on the defensive end. I don't see Draymond being that leader where he's talking guys through coverages. I don't see them running their offense fluid. I don't see those extra passes passing up good shots to get great shots. So when I think about that, I think about them not having chemistry, them not having togetherness, and them not playing him uh, one-agenda basketball. It's a hidden agenda going on throughout their locker room. They play a lot of individual basketball, and the Warriors, the Warriors, they don't have that switch to turn on. And if they do, they'll figure out the
0: light bills ain't being paid. We'll see. They'll be home tomorrow night against Milwaukee. We have that game for you on ABC. And look, some might say that could be a preview of the NBA Finals, but Golden State, uh, Wendy, has to hold up their end of the bargain. Are you ready to say this is just not going to be their year?
1: I'm not because it's really testing the discipline on this. I've covered the NBA for 20 years And you are reminded every single year the difference between the playoffs and the regular season. I I know that this team, I've covered teams like this that have made championship runs. They just don't care. Perk has been on some of those teams, like in Cleveland, where they just didn't care for the regular season. Draymond said yesterday, I don't get out of bed barely for games in March. And I'm trying to respect that, but they're making it really, really hard. Really, really hard, Greeny. It's kind of like Perk said – they are 18th in defense this year. Last year, they were second. They were a dominating defensive team from October until June. This year, they're terrible. Steve Kerr has been exasperated by the way that they have played on defense. And I'm, I'm really, really trying to respect their championship DNA. But, boy, 7-27 or whatever, I, that's a hard thing to get past when you look at that.
0: No question. All right, I want to get to one other thing. Again, we have them tomorrow night against Giannis and Milwaukee. Did you see what the league did yesterday? So, Fred Van Vliet, and let's go back. Van Vliet was fined $30,000 by the league yesterday for his profanity-laced criticism of the official Ben Taylor that came after a loss to the Clippers on Wednesday night in which Van Vliet was teed up. If you didn't hear it, this is what he said.
7: I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, ben Taylor was f- terrible tonight. Um, I thought that uh, most nights, you know, a couple other, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just f- the game up. Tonight you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a f- tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair, they communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be f- and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that they come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, You can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiated. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal.
0: Uh, holy smoke, right? I've been covering the league since the early 90s. That's about the strongest direct criticism I've ever heard from a player. They only fined him $30,000. The maximum is 50000 We were kicking around yesterday whether he might get suspended for what he said, and I think that he can't based upon the collective bargaining agreement. But, uh, Wendy, I'll start with you. What was your reaction to the league uh, making the decision it made yesterday?
1: They just gave a green light to have anybody who wants to do it keep doing it. I mean, earlier this season, Ja Morant and Marcus Smart were both fined more than this for cr- cursing out referees on the floor. At least that's heat of the moment. Yet worth 35000 This was completely premeditated, and he called the official out by name, which, you know, sort of creates a, a whole other tension going forward. And the NBA kind of just shrugged and treated it as if they would treat a guy skipping a a, a mouthpiece into the stands like Steph Curry did earlier this year when he got $25,000 fine. I mean, generally the league has gotten much softer on fines. It used to be, by the way, if you not that I'm a shrinking violet, but it used to be if you cursed in a post-game press conference that would sometimes get you fined. Now you can directly call an official by name and curse at him and your fine is really negligible. I bet Fred Van Vliet was cack that how small this fine was. He was he was prepared to pay much more. He announced he was prepared to pay much more, basically.
0: What do you think, Big Perk?
5: Well well, let me say this. Okay, first of all, thirty thousand dollars is a lot of lettuce, okay? Make no mistake about it. But it also is based on right. Fred VanVleet, and who his character is, right? That's how you're judge sometimes when you get fined and whether you go into the league office. Now, as a guy that actually led the league in technical fouls for about two or three years, a guy that didn't have the best relationship with the referees, a guy that stayed getting into verbal altercations with officials, here's the thing that we have to ask ourselves. What pissed Fred VanVleet off that bad, that he premeditated to come on and direct those comments at that particular referee. And sometimes officials, sometimes officials, not only have a bad night of calling calls, but they have this sense of arrogance and this sense of this attitude that I don't want to talk to you. And they have this where you know better not to talk to him because he be tripping. And I think Fred Van was tired of every time that this uh, this Pacific official was refereeing the game. It's the communication point where you
0: can't even talk to this dude. I'm up against the clock. I want to come back to this stick. I can see Wendy is disagreeing. Candidly, I'm disagreeing as well. I want to. Keep... We will have much more on this as we go because I think this is a more interesting story than your usual mm-hmm. run of the mill NBA fine. In the meantime, as I mentioned, we got Steph and the Warriors. We got Giannis and the Bucks tomorrow night, 8:30 Eastern. We will start your night with NBA Countdown. We'll all be here 8 Eastern on ABC in advance of a really good game in the NBA tomorrow night. Meanwhile, as we continue, Odell Beckham, one of the more intriguing free agents out there, I know exactly where he should go. And I will tell you next, you're watching Get Up on ESPN.
6: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely well
0: we are back on get up and with the nfl free agency around the corner let's take a look at some of the best free agent fits d wood what's the best destination for jimmy garoppolo how about the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, you're talking about, you know,
4: being uh, being re- reunited with Josh McDaniels, uh, former offensive coordinator out in New England. You know, the Las Vegas Raiders still could draft a quarterback, but
0: Jimmy G would be a familiar option as a bridge quarterback for that organization. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know that he views it as a bridge at this point, but I agree with you. If they yeah. take Anthony Richardson, that's a fascinating yeah. combination to have. Jeremy won't be a good fit for Dalton Schultz.
2: L.A. Chargers would be the perfect fit for Dalton Schultz. Catch and passes from Justin Herbert. He would be reunited with his offensive coordinator in Dallas, Kellen Moore, who loves Schultz. Schultz had 135 catches, 13 touchdowns the last two years with quarterback coach Doug Nussmeier and Kellen Moore as a battery. So, Chargers have Gerald Everett on the roster, but they could use another one. You need two good tight ends. I like that one, too. Uh, and then, Harry, how about three letters we haven't said enough lately? O.B.J.,
0: what's the best fit for him?
3: I'm going to go Buffalo Bills opposite of Stephon Diggs. He's going to help Stefan Diggs out a lot. And then you have Josh Allen there. We do know the Buffalo Bills sometimes. They can get allergic to running the football. They're going to pass it. So I think that's the best
0: fit for Odell. Well, you know what? Every now and again, Odell Beckham provides us the kind of eye candy that we all need in football, and we haven't seen it in a while. Except now, suddenly we have a little eye candy for you. OBJ has been holding a workout at Arizona State, and check him Ooh. out here as he's showing off the stuff he can do. He's working on the one-handed. Come on, Dwood. Come on,
2: Harry. That's crazy. Could you, you do can that? That is do that
0: though. the <laughs> Greeny,
3: hell no. I got. I got eight and a quarter size hands. Ain't no inhale I can do that.
0: <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham, I mean, that's just the, the one-handed catches are unbelievable. The hair's interesting, too, that he's got work in there. Um, and, and so a healthy Odell becomes a really interesting proposition around the league. So I asked this group, uh, and, Cindy, we can pop the picks up there. What would be the best spot for Odell Beckham? Um, and you just heard Harry say the Bills. D. Wood says the Bills. Jeremy Fowler says the Dallas Cowboys. Talk to me.
2: I'm going to go Cowboys because they can make that Amari Cooper trade right once and for all. They traded Cooper last year for a fifth-round pick and desperately needed that help all year. Michael Gallup was coming off the ACL, wasn't quite ready, so this is a chance to make things right. Odell Beckham would love to play in Dallas. By all indications, it's his perfect personality fit. For him he's a massive star the Cowboys are America's team of the stars so it makes too much sense.
0: I, I like that as you will see I have put the Jets down there and it's not because I think everyone should go to the Jets although it would be nice <laughs> but I do remember when he was leaving Cleveland in that in that moment in time when everything looked as bleak as it possibly yeah. could. How much conversation was there about go to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and he was interested in playing with Rodgers. Well now yeah. we can come back to New York where he first became a mega star. celebrities like being in New York. And and all of a sudden he's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers assuming the jets get Rodgers I actually
2: think OBJ is a good fit it would be a good fit on paper but remember he visited three teams in the off like in late uh, December you know, right. early December he visited sure. the Bills yeah. the Cowboys uh-huh. and the Giants to me, that was setting the stage for the teams that he had interest in. Now, that was before the Aaron Rodgers equation. That's correct. Jets could make that move, but you know, I, I think it would be one of those three teams. No one
0: would have been interested in the Jets. No receiver would have been interested in the Jets two weeks ago. There's a, a, a really big reason, or right. well, there are tw- I can give you 12 reasons, or at least <laughs> it's the number 12 why a receiver might all of a sudden be a lot more interested in the Jets. Well, I mean, I look at the Tom
4: Brady situation, right? You, you, you know, Tom Brady goes on to Tampa, and then what happens? All of a sudden, you start seeing all these other players parading down to Tampa Bay, you know, Gronk, Leonard Fournette, A B, all this stuff happening. So when the quarterback, when that dude makes
0: that move. There's going to be other transpiring, you know, other mother moves that's going to happen along with it. Right. right. Well, I mean, there's all this talk all of a sudden about all of Rogers' buddies from Green Bay who might go, might yeah. be interested in going with yep. him. Where he goes, the Tunyans and the Lazards and the Battiaris right. of the world. Can we throw OBJ into that? That seems like a nice little uh, one we, to throw well, just, into the just throw mix. Them all in. You can yes. have them all. I'm Randall all in. in.
2: Randall Cobb, his close buddy, he's a free agent. Fine.
0: That, uh, would that, be that, that, that seems fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all fine with that if we want to do it. In the meantime, as we gear up for weeks. Week 4 of the XFL. Uh, take a look at the promo here. Uh, week 4 coming up Saturday night. 3-0 Roughnecks take on the Guardians on FX and ESPN Deportes. 7 Eastern followed by the Brahmas and Sea Dragons. Then Sunday on ESPN 2. The Renegades square off against the Battle Hawks at 4 Eastern. Then the Vipers and the 3-0 Defenders. Every game is also available on ESPN+. All right. As we continue again, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he, they seem interested in him he seems interested in them what other teams are in the rogers sweepstakes that answer might surprise you and you'll hear it next you're watching get up on espn